Hello, thank you for joining me on this journey where we're going to talk about a range of issues relating to life with all of its transitions, uncertainties, and opportunities for growth. I'm Jennifer Hargrave. I am first and foremost the mother to three children. Uh, my oldest is in college, my middle son is in high school, and my baby girl is already in middle school. <laughs> I've been married to Jeffrey Hargrave for almost 22 years, and I am a divorce attorney. I consider my work to be a tremendous privilege as I walk alongside with my clients who have taught me so much about navigating times of fear and uncertainty. I am so excited to have my very first guest here with us today. Her name is Jennifer Jones. I first met Jennifer about nine years ago when she had a new baby girl and she was working as a teacher. And I think her story is really interesting as she faced some of life's very difficult challenges. And out of that was born a mission of helping women. And so we're going to talk to her today about her organization and about what she's doing to help raise awareness and support so that women can encourage each other to be seen and valued and feel their own worth. Welcome, Jennifer. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Yeah. I'm so happy to have you here today. Um, I want to ask you, first of all, um, what is the name of your organization? So our organization is Hager's Heart, and our vision and mission is to help women to be feel seen, worthy, and loved. I love that. Um, who is Hagar, and where did you come up with the name for this? So that's an interesting question. Um, so about 13, 14 years ago, I um, was going through my divorce and really had so many titles. I was an educator. I was a new mom um, to my now almost 16-year-old. And we um, were in the midst of a divorce. In fact, in 2007, I lost my job, um, lost my marriage, and had a brand new house. <laughs> and so as I remember looking up to the sky and I was just like, so... I, I had done everything right. I said, Lord, you want it, you can have it. And at that point is when my life began to crumble. But um, it wasn't the bad and the good together is what brought me to Hagar. And Hagar was a, ma a maidservant to Abraham and Sarah in the Bible and in Genesis, um, which I'm really was not an Old Testament person, didn't understand <laughs> what was going on. And, um, you know, Hagar had done it right, too. She had followed what she felt she was called to do. She had followed a great vision. And then all of a sudden she had been used and abused and she ran away. And what caught me then was that um, she had talked with God and God said, I see you. And her response was, I see you too. So that happened about 13 years ago. And then two years ago, it was very evident. I was, it was time for me to get out of education. And which was hard because for 20 years at that point, I had been an educator. That was my identity. And I was also, again, introduced to Hagar. And again, it was a very different experience from the 13 years ago where the I see you pointed to me that I was more than just a teacher. I was more than just a mom. Um, those were things that were part of who I was, but it didn't define who I was. And so I had been hiding in a sense behind those labels. Um, and, you know, being a taxi driver, and you know this with three kids, um, I have with my 16 year old and my 18 year old, you know, 
you that's that's all you are that day is you're a taxi driver or you're studying for a test or you're a wife um, at times. And so looking at all those titles and then hearing I see you, I was able to see differently that those titles were just part of me, but I was much, much more. I love that. You know, I think so often one of the things that makes transitions in life so difficult is because we do feel like we are all those labels. Maybe they're labels we've put upon ourselves or they're labels others have put upon us. And to let go of those labels can sometimes feel um, totally overwhelming. It can feel like a moment of deep grief as you have to let go of a label. And, uh, and we don't talk about that a lot. So I think it's really great that you have found a way to, um, to share your story and also to talk about what it means to be seen. I think that is so powerful. So tell us what Hager's Heart is doing these days and what your mission is. So um, going back to when I was going through a divorce, um, I remember thinking I've joined this club that I didn't have a membership, nor did I want a membership in. But what I found in that time is that women who were going through the same thing, um, not necessarily the same thing, but there was some betrayal with their husband or the idea of their family had fallen apart. And I just had a lot of women who were also in the same club with me. They just didn't realize it. And as I've grown, um, you know, my idea of perfect has really become brokenness. We're all broken. Um, and it's okay to be that way because that's how we learn. And so what Hager's Heart has done is that we're really focusing on you are seen, you are worthy, and you are loved. Um, but that idea as a woman is not necessarily through your job. And it's not necessarily through being a mom or a wife or a taxi cab driver, <laughs> um, but it is through women coming together in a community where we feel protected. Um, and, and honestly, it's one of those things that um, we, we feel protected to discuss and to talk, but it's ever evolving. COVID hit. Um, this was a vision of mine for many, many years, and it became a reality about three and a half months ago. <laughs> And uh, the organization has just um, exploded. And so um, we are providing community. Part of our outreach is working with local domestic violence shelters. It's helping them. Uh, we provide ICU boxes. Because I think one of the things when we hear the word seen, well, we know we're seen. I mean, physically we're seen. But it's what's on the inside, I think, that is at times missing. It's kind of what... Um, you know, the hole in your heart. What is it? And um... I, you know, it's funny because when you, when you talk about the hole in the heart and talk about being seen, one of the things I think about is all the times in my own life when I didn't want to be seen, right? And I think as women, when we maybe feel like we're coming up short in some ways of those labels that have been put on us, there's a sense of shame that comes along with that. And that shame means we, you know, we want to hide, we want to retract, we don't want people to see us. And, you know, to, to acknowledge actually, 
you know, when you are seen, you have tremendous gifts to offer. And, and in offering those gifts, you can impact other people's lives. So how did you, well, first of all, let's go back and talk about what you're doing with your, your community. You have an, a, a vibrant, robust online community through Facebook uh, group. Is that right? We do. We do. Um, I think this week we just had about 450 uh, women who can come. We try and incorporate encouragement. Um, on Mondays, it's Monday Motivation. We have Wednesday Wisdom. And a lot of what I'm trying to do is it's not about me. Um, I'm trying to get other women who are providing their gifts. And I think that was one thing, too, when talking about this club that I had joined. I had women who I really, I had, of course, my two best friends, but just women surrounding me. So as they surrounded me, this community um, provided me a way out to be seen because carrying the title of um, divorced can be seen very differently in the community. And I carried a lot of shame, as you said, with that. But what I realized is, is, is through my divorce, I had so many gifts that I didn't realize, like the gift of talking, the gift of writing. And so a lot of that has been part of my healing. But what I've also realized through this community is there are so many women who feel the same way. And so this began back August 2nd, and it was it was in between um, my my uh, youngest birthday and then my child just having eight was not having wisdom teeth and eight sutras. And, and I just felt the need to just put this on and it went 60, 100, 200 women, um, which just amazed me. But what it said to me was, there is a reason, Jennifer, you are doing this. And there is a need, a very, very big need. And I think, you know, you're, you're a regular woman. I'm a regular woman. All the women who have joined this group are regular women, but we're afraid to share. And so our outreach is working with domestic violence shelters and providing the ICU boxes, which are filled with self-care items. And these items are to help them realize I am seen and that you are more than just what has happened in your, um, whatever the, the marriage situation was. And I think the the other part of this too is that the the most important piece is this is the Hager's heart letter, which has really blown me away because women are now writing letters to show other women that you are seen, you are worthy, you are loved, and we've even gotten some amazing feedback that the women were like, "I forgot how to be seen. I, I didn't know I needed to take care of myself," and so that has been amazing to see how women coming together can transition somebody's life or perspective on how to to work. So the group in itself has been amazing. And not only has it been that we've been blessing others, but they have been blessing me. And so um, I guess selfishly, it's been a gift to me. Yeah. Well, I, I think you know, when we offer up our gifts and we, we give to others, I think that's usually what we see in return is <laughs> that, wow, is really humbling yes. because we receive so much in return. Mm -hmm. um, 
You know, I know one of the things that you offer um, through your website are these note cards that say, you know, you are seen, you are worthy, you are loved. And, um, and I've bought some of those cards and it's a wonderful way to actually send a note of encouragement to somebody that you're thinking about, you know, another woman or a man, you know, not gender specific, uh, but somebody who's made a difference in your life and just to spread that encouragement. And I think that is something that we all need right now right? Absolutely. But also I know in writing the letters to women that I'll never get to know, I will never meet them. Um, and sharing words of encouragement is such a gift to me. It just, it fills my heart with gratitude to be able to share that. So I would encourage anybody, if you're interested in learning more, or you feel like this might be um, a call upon your heart to reach out to Hagar's heart and order some of those cards and find out how you can write notes to women. Um, what domestic violence shelters are you working with? And how did you, how did that come to be that you really um, saw this as a need for reaching out to women in domestic violence shelters? So, um, it's really interesting how um, things just work. I actually had gone to an Arlington shelter and I knew the director there, but I had visited with my oldest and then with my youngest with the birthday party project. And we went pre-COVID, it was back in October, and we, we did the birthday party project, birthday with the kids, but my heart was always talking with the moms. And, and one thing that I realized is that everybody loves to give to kids. I mean, the kids are taken care of, well taken care of in all of these places, but I, my heart was just always for the moms. And so we went in October and then my church went back in November and I was able to see the same women. And one of the things that popped into my mind was they really don't have someone who's there that maybe doesn't have to be there. I mean, I know that the counselors are wonderful and the caseworkers are wonderful and the children are taken care of, but I realized that they may need a, a person who is doesn't have to be there, right? Like I didn't have to be there. And one, one mama was sharing how she had started her business and how happy she was. And I got to share in that. The other one was struggling with her children. And it just popped a bunch of ideas in my head um, my background's in early childhood, but, you know, that the children are needing certain things, but if the mama is so beaten down, then you can't really give them what they need. It also, in my mind, made me think, if I had not had people who would come alongside me, take my little one, um, who was two and a half at the time, 13 years <laughs> ago, then then I probably would have struggled a lot more. You know, there's there's something about rest. There's something about taking care of yourself, even if it's going to paint your nails or having someone else do it. Um, and that was really the hardest thing for me was, was learning to be alone because my identity was being seen with others and was being seen as a married woman. And, and so in that time, um, what I realized is, is that when you fled your house and you don't have what you need, um, you're more concerned about your children. Like I was more concerned about my my boy because he had lost all of this stuff. I was okay. I, I was an adult. I could figure it out. And so what I realized though, and of course it took me a few more years after that, is that I needed to be okay for him to be okay. So we started back in May on Mother's Day. And what I realized 
and, and and I was not even a nonprofit at this, this point, but Mother's Day was coming. And I said, I cannot miss this holiday. And so there were at that point, 20 moms in the Arlington shelter. And I provided a brunch and the ICU boxes, which the, because my thought was, I know as a single mom, sometimes you aren't getting anything. I mean, trust me, the home homemade cards and great things are good, but I wanted them to know that they were seen, um, especially coming, you know, you're not in your house, you're in a shelter, you don't know, you know, where you're going to be uh, moment to moment. So that started there. And then I was introduced by you <laughs> to the family place here in Dallas and reached out to them. And starting October 1st, we will be um, reaching out with their shelters as well. And one thing I heard that I was really excited about is that they have um, a shelter for animals because a, a lot of what will happen with domestic violence violence victims is they will not leave their house because of their animals. And so um, one of the gifts that has been given to me is my little one started Hager's dog. And so what she does is she will talk about different things and talk about Hager, but she'll include stuff about dogs. So, <laughs> so we were just talking this morning as I was coming over here, you know, there is a shelter in Dallas and maybe we could start to raise some things for the dogs and the puppies. And so anyway, it's, it's and been cats like, too. And cats too. Yes. <laughs> cats. Cats. We, I grew up with cats and, and my, um, we just have a dog in our house, but you know, it's one of those things that I answered the call. And it has been amazing how it has just exploded for other women. You know, I found out someone who my son goes to school with that she was involved in a shelter very much so in New York. And now this has provided her an opportunity to do this. There's been another woman who has told me that she has found herself again because she makes cards. So she provides these cards for Hager's Heart. Um, you know, also the support of the directors, you know, Hager's Heart was just founded to say, what do you need to make these women or help these women get where they need to be? So we provide these boxes, we provide these letters. And then if someone needs something else, I think my, my point too in all of this was that sometimes when we leave, we're still stuck with the hurt and the pain mm -hmm. and the bad. But if Hager's Heart can provide, let's say, a new um, set of glasses that maybe was broken or provide a book that you couldn't bring or whatever it is, then I feel like we've planted the seed for women to see we are worthy. And now, you know, I've got to figure out how to um, help myself believe that. Absolutely. And I think one of the great things is that when you are able to claim your own worth and your own value and you're ready to be seen, you can help give that to other people. And I think it's just a tremendous, you know, a ripple effect that you are doing in our community. And I think that's amazing. Um, I want to ask you a personal question. Okay. Okay. Um, because the show is about, you know, the journey mm -hmm. in life and oh, yes. through the transitions. And I think when you're in a period of transition, it can be really hard to see that there's going to be a next chapter, right? Absolutely. And so if you were to go back and talk to yourself, um, who was struggling with everything you were struggling with 13 years ago, what would you tell yourself knowing what you know now? Knowing what I know now. Wow. Um, well, I would tell myself I was going to make it that, um, you know, I think what I've learned over and over in the years is that we look at bad as bad and we look at 
why did this happen to me? And that's exactly where I was 13 years ago. But I can tell you, I am so grateful for those opportunities that happened back then. My ex and I um, had known each other since we were 12. And so that was a big, big struggle, but we're friends now and we co-parent together. And um, doesn't mean we don't disagree, but the disagreements that we have can be handled much better because we see each other now. And um, back then, gosh, I don't even know because I've come so far. I and and I, I think it's just one of those things that I became a better person because I saw myself. Um, I was no longer, you're, you're not identified by how you were raised or who you married or how you messed it up. Um, but you're, you know, you're identified by how you are, who you are in the, on the inside. And I think I lived a life of what did I look like on the outside? I've also realized I can't do it alone. And I think that was the biggest struggle that I've learned from a single mom. And, you know, also second chances. I have an amazing husband. I have um, a new, well, not a new, she's eight, but I, I got a, a daughter from that. And, um, you know, it's second chances can happen. And, but I had to be okay. And I had to see me first before I could ever make that happen. So, um, there's probably a lot I could tell myself, but I'm very thankful for what I went through because it brought me to where I am here. And then also, um, you know, two years ago, or maybe it's two and a half at this point when I left education, you know, my, my family has a long line of educators. And uh, that, was, that was the identity I had taken from my family of origin. So looking back, it would just be, you're going to be okay that um, the tough times, well, they suck. <laughs> they <laughs> they <do>. just, <laughs> They stink. And um, time will heal. And, and I think that's the, we have become such a world of I need it now. And the answer, I need to see it now or I don't know what to do. I've learned to wait. I've learned to not be as reactionary. Um, raising a, a teenager sometimes can be reactionary, right? I mean, it's just yes. <laughs> so. So I've learned to try and control that. Um, but I really, I'm just thankful. I thank God every day for bringing me where I was and giving me to where I am because I would not probably be here had I not just looked up at that point and said, "If you want it, you can have it." Um, releasing things. While we lo I loved to control, and I think as women, sometimes we want to control a mm -hmm. lot. Um, the control didn't allow me to see me. And so releasing it allowed me to say, okay, I am more than just a wife or a divorced woman. I am more than just what people think of me because that carries a lot of weight. Sure does. Um, that, oh, you're divorced. Well, what did you do that was wrong? And, you know, I started... You know, I, I think, too, to own my actions. That probably would have been something I would have said to me. It was very easy to blame. Um, and I pretty much blame this on Cinderella and Belle and all the, <laughs> the princesses and the fairy tales. But I, I was living that life. And I was trying to make that work. Um, but I had mistakes and I had pitfalls and I had a bunch of different things that I contributed to that. And so I think when I realized I was seen, it wasn't 
what everybody else thought, then that was truly the, the turning point for me. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming here today to be seen, um, for coming here today to share your wisdom, your life experience. Um, I think your gratitude that and and you know being able to see a difficult situation for the opportunities it presented to you and saying yes to those opportunities is such a tremendous gift to so many. And so thank you, Jennifer Jones. <laughs> thank you, Jennifer Hargrave. It was a pleasure to be here. And that's all for today. Thank you.